You may not know that behind closed doors, they're actually drowning in debt. They're filled with fear and anxiety. They're exhausted from putting on this show. Keeping up with the Joneses, it can be a source of destruction or it can be a very powerful source of inspiration. With social media, obviously, it's one dimensional. We have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. So you have to look at everything with a grain of salt. Hi guys and welcome back to the Rachel J podcast. We're talking all things wellness and lifestyle to help you do life better. I'm your host Rachel J. Again, it's been such a pleasure seeing everyone enjoying the recent episodes and I'm so grateful for you all tuning in. I know some of you have been listening to the podcast for a while, but you may not be subscribed. So if you haven't already hit that subscribe button, it makes such a difference. It will help us grow the podcast for you so that we can have some more inspiring conversations and learn more from our amazing guests. This week, I'm sitting down with the founder of Sugar Mama TV, finance expert, podcaster, author, and speaker. Welcome to the show, Kanna Campbell. Thank you for having me. It's so lovely to connect with you. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and thank you so much for being on the show. Now, we're all going through quite the period of time at the moment, I feel like, with what's going Mm. on with the current state of the world, inflation, interest rates, cost of living having gone up quite significantly actually over the last Mm. 12 months. And I feel like people are certainly feeling it. And on the podcast, we talk a lot about well-being in a lot of different areas of life and financial well-being is one that I'm sure that we all want to feel confident in and being financially well can affect all the other areas of our life. So Oh, yeah. That flow-on effect is very powerful. Isn't it? You know, sometimes in a good way, but sometimes in a bad way. You know, when we're stressed about money, you know, we're not as present, uh, you know, a bit more short-tempered, um, you know, we take it home with the, you know, the stress anxiety at home. And then, you know, we take jobs that we don't necessarily like because it just pays the bills. You know, it impacts our physical health, our mental health. You know, it, it's... Um, it's huge. But if we can just make a few simple changes in our life, the the benefit is huge and it kicks in very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I love what you say there about how it just does, you, you are almost in a way there's pressure to, to do things and take actions that perhaps you may not normally do. But one of the things that you Mm. talk about is where it all begins. And while it might seem, I guess, easier to go straight for the strategies and the to-dos and the actions, and you know, you've been in this space for a very long time. Mm. And you've talked about recently going through your own, I guess, personal transformation around money and mindset. So let's start there because, you know, you talk about the internal journey. So what do you mean by when you say start your financial journey internally first? Absolutely. I'm so glad you're asking me this because so many people just want to go straight to the practical side, mm. which is great. And of course, we have to do that hard work. But when you can invest some time exploring some your the internal being of who you are, you set yourself up for far greater success and actually sustainable success, which, you know, I, I'm not someone who's about quick fixes. Um, I want I want long-term growth and changes where you raise your benchmark and go from strength to strength. So when I'm talking about the internal work, I'm talking about really exploring who you are, what you value, what's important, what is your, you know, I guess, wave a magic wand life like, and start building goals from there. Because a lot of us get caught up in these society goals that we're supposed to buy a house. You know, we're supposed to do this. We're supposed to do that. But if 
if you don't know your reason why you want to do it, you may fall out of love with that goal and it may never happen. Mm. So what I recommend everyone does is spend some time thinking about what they what they truly value, what triggers something in them where they feel inspired by seeing something or hearing something or reading something. What What is it? Explore it. Go deep with it because we can learn so much about ourselves and things that we originally thought were a goal of ours, we're actually like, oh, actually, I don't know if I really want that anymore or actually I want something like that but actually now I want something a little bit different and from that different we can then get more detailed about what we're truly trying to achieve and focus on because, you know, we can often get caught up in the problems rather than shifting to the solution. Mm. So, you know, and even myself when I've you know, I thought I wanted to achieve a particular type of goal, but as I've sat with it and thought, okay, well, why do I want this? Like, what is it about it? And I've explored, what does this goal represent? Uh, is that really what I want? I've actually come out the other end and gone, actually, I need to change this goal. It's not quite right. And then once I change it and tweak it sometimes, it's like a whole other level of motivation and empowerment in my life. And because I've now got my my aha, I've got my reason, I've got my understand my values, my thoughts, feelings and actions are so in alignment with that goal. I start seeing success immediately and I start seeing opportunities, which I then jump on to help achieve that goal. And sometimes I achieve that goal on a bigger, better capacity. So this is what I recommend to everyone that does this. And I actually have a money mindset manifestation program, which I launched about three months ago. And uh, it's it's really shows you all the steps to explore internally, so that you can figure out what you want, and and more importantly, figure out why you want something, so you can then use that and channel that for growth and development mm. and well being. I, th- I think you just, I mean, touching on just that there in terms of understanding what you want. Sometimes that's the mm. hardest thing because, like you said, there's so many societal, I guess, expectations or things that we've mm. seen that we think perhaps maybe that's what we should want and taken that on as our own goal. But it requires that further exploration, like you were just saying, to make sure that what, why do you want that goal? You know, what what is the reason for that? Is it actually that you truly desire that or is it because you've been told that that's what you should have. Yeah. What would be your key tip for discerning that difference? Because I think that's one of the things that maybe people find quite difficult to even figure out what is my goal exactly? What I would recommend people do is really sort of spend some time doing a bit of soul searching Mm. and really tapping into something that catches their eye. If they come across something that really excites them or is of interest or um, inspires them, look into that, explore it. You know, it's like seeing a beautiful outfit and you go, wow, that's a beautiful outfit, but actually articulate, hang on, what is it about that beautiful outfit that I like? Is it the colour? Is it the cut? Is it the style? Is it the way that they've put it together or the way that they're carrying themselves? You know, and then you might actually realise you don't really like the outfit at all. You like the person wearing the outfit or, you know, the the fact that they've put so much time and care and detail into the way they've presented themselves. So uh, it's I know that's a very sort of superficial surface level way of looking at it, but that's what I'm saying is like, ask questions like you know what is it about this that that intrigues me so look for what catches your eye Mm. you know have that awareness that mindfulness and then you can sort of go okay well you know what is this and a classic one I see a lot is you know with people who actually 
they think they want to buy, for example, a home. Mm-hmm. And then we explain, okay, well, what is it about the home that you want? And they and they like, oh, I don't really know. Well, I've been told that's what I want, or everyone's doing. All my friends are saving up to buy a place. I feel like I, I should do what they're doing. And it's like, okay, let's go with this. Like, what what actually what would happen if I could wave a magic wand in your life? What would your life look like? And when I ask this question, it's actually quite profound because when I listen to the answers, the answer of, you know, having a, our own, their own home actually isn't in that, mm. in that, uh, in that um, I guess, story that I get back. Yeah, right. And the awareness that comes from that. And then what we do is that doesn't mean we just throw out the idea of buying a home. It's perhaps different. You know, we talk about, well, maybe you want to use your money in a different way. Maybe you want to invest in your own business. Maybe you want to invest in an investment portfolio, or maybe you do want to buy a property, but you don't want to buy a property to live in. You actually have this goal of building up a property portfolio and actually having the flexibility and freedom of renting. Like, so, you know, and, and the relief when I do this type of work with people is huge because they're like, wow. Yeah. I, they feel so much more authentic and, yeah. and tr- honest with themselves. They're like, you know, and they, you know, we realize how easily we do get caught up in this herd mentality and we kind of lose our way and, you know, lose that sense of, uh, you know, understanding what we stand for. And um, so a very powerful question is if I could wave a magic wand in my life, what would it look like? Mm. And and the cool thing about that is it stops focusing on the problem. It focuses on the vision. And, and from that, we can then work on the solutions. Yeah, I love that. So that's such a powerful question to ask. What would happen if I could wave a magic wand and really allow yourself to go into that vision of, of and, and, and allow your, almost like your imagination to kind of go wild in that way and, and just see what kind of comes up so that you can mm. articulate your vision a little bit more clearly, I suppose, right? Absolutely. So I'm wondering, have you always held the belief that your financial journey starts internally first or was there a point where that shifted for you? Because you've been in, you know, you've been a financial planner for a very long time and obviously mm. have all the strategic skills and, and advice and things, but has that always been part of your ethos in terms of coming from that perspective of internal shifting first or has that been something that you've shifted yourself along the journey? I think my awareness of the mindset and obviously a money mindset and obviously I'm a, I'm a financial planner so I, I'm all about you know the laws the regulations you know the taxes the fees returns and all that but I've been aware of the mindset probably before I even got into financial planning uh, you know I'm someone who is as a I was at university and I, I spent about a huge amount of money at the time for me it was $350 and I bought I, I had to search high and low but I found this Dr. Maxwell Waltz and he's actually a plastic surgeon, but he's one of the first plastic surgeons that ever came about. And I saved up, I found these like limited edition, they were in cassette format. And he really opened up my mind around the importance of exploring your mindset and your value system. So that was a huge introduction. And then reading books like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is an incredibly powerful book, and using you know the awareness of your language. So I think I had a very early introduction into the world of, of mindset and how powerful it is and how it can literally help you build a castle mm. um, if you use it cleverly. Uh, and then if anything, it was my thoughts and feelings and my opinions were only validated more and more as I gained more and more experience of being a financial planner. And I, I've been a financial planner for over 20 years. I got into the industry at a very young age and I'm very 
extremely grateful for the fact I, I found my calling early in life. So, you know, it, it everything I would see between people who were kind of just coasting through life versus people who were just thriving and just going from strength to strength, they would have to constantly re- review the goals, set new goals, bigger goals, better goals, faster goals, because they had this incredible mindset mm. and they would they would show up for their goals with gratitude, with respect, with a sense of abundance. They would look at their challenges and their setbacks as an opportunity to grow, become more aware, to be more humble. And I, everything I th- was reading and had read about and had thought was just being validated by what I was watching. And also for myself personally, like, you know, I've had heaps of setbacks and challenges and you know, things that, that you know, other people wouldn't necessarily have experienced in their lives. And I've had, I'd, every time that happened, I've had to look at it and go, all right, there's something behind this. So, uh, yeah, it's something I've been aware of for a very, very long time. And, and that's why I now talk about it so openly, because I think it makes a huge difference if someone's really serious about getting ahead financially and they want to really sharpen their tools before they get started. Or they want to, they're started and they're on their way and they actually go, all right, how can I do this? in a more efficient way. Mm. So it's so worth investing in and doing. Yeah, really focusing on the mindset piece of developing your financial well-being. And I think it is something that perhaps is maybe sometimes overlooked, but then also in a way, uh, I, I feel like I've heard you talk about this, this um, sometimes there's a bit of a jarring, a, a jarring, I guess, idea about talking about manifestation and, and money mm. in that way, right? In, in talking about beliefs and things like that and, and knowing that you start your success with your mindset and your beliefs. You would have worked with so many people over the time that you've been doing this. So what have you observed to be the most dangerous beliefs or most sabotaging beliefs that you've come across in your work that have a negative impact on a person's ability to create wealth and success in their lives? What a brilliant question. Um, And no one's ever asked me this before. Um, Scarcity. Yeah, which is what we're seeing so much, and this is what's this is one of the catalysts for me creating this program for people. Is people are and I, if I can feel my throat closing in. People are f- filled with with uh, fear, anxiety, um, overwhelm, um, uh, like panic, depression because of scarcity. And the thing is, scarcity is really just a mindset. If you can flick the switch on that, actually, you can see it's it's not as bad as we think it is and the opportunity behind this. And I released a podcast actually last week and it was called, it's called the Cost of Living Challenge. And I talk about this, about, you know, this exact thing that's going on in the world right now is mm. we have, by, by us constantly looking and thinking everything's so expensive, everything's so hard. I haven't got enough. I'm not earning enough money. I don't have enough in savings. I don't have enough for a deposit. I don't. I have. I haven't paid off my credit card. My credit card debts are getting bigger. That that attitude does not serve us. Mm. Where is the growth behind that attitude? It's very limiting. It, it may help a little bit, but only in a very slow way. But if you turn to look at turn to look at this and go, all right, this is a very challenging time. And I'm not going to say to anyone, just bury your head in the sand and pretend that everything's fine. Far from it. It's own it, identify it, own it, and grow through it and with it. So, you know, looking and going, okay, yes, the cost of living is higher, but there are things out there that I can do for myself to improve the situation. There are things I can learn. There are um, there is something in this where I go and look at my cost of living and go, all right, 
where is the financial wastage? And financial wastage is toxic as well. So it's like a, you know, a Mare Kondo of our wallets almost and going, okay, well, gosh, I'm spending $70 per month on streaming. Which of those streaming services do I love the most? All right, I love this one the most. Why don't I get rid of the rest? And then you appreciate that one streaming service or how often am I getting Uber Eats or takeaway? You know, and you might go, well, I get one once a week. Well, what if I cut that down to once a fortnight or even once a month? I will appreciate that so much more when I, you know, and value that. And I don't know, like, I don't know what your life was like growing up, but as a family, we, you know, we would only go to a restaurant as a special occasion. You know, it was Mother's Day or, you know, my, my brother's birthday or my father's birthday. That was a special occasion thing. Like our, our lifestyle creep has been huge over the last, you know, has 20 long. years. Mm. Like I don't blink about going to a restaurant now. Like, and um, and trust me, I don't go to restaurants as nearly as much as I used to. But <laughs> we, we've, we have kind of, I don't know, we've sometimes I feel like some of us, and I put my hand up as well and I take full ownership of this, kind of like lost that sense of gratitude. Like we're, everything is want it, have it, need it, and then it's on our doorstep, you know within a day or two and or we've downloaded this or you know it's just um so I think there's a huge beautiful blessing where we're going to actually learn a lot about ourselves and we will learn about what we value and um you know I'm not immune from the cost of living crisis I'm not sitting on my high horse or you know swimming in cash like I'm I have a young family I work for myself I have three children and you know dogs and businesses and my partner works for himself as well so I look at you know we're always reviewing our budgets and I'm like okay this is an opportunity for really to see what stays and and the respect and gratitude that we have for what can stay and get rid of stuff that has it no longer serves us. So it's really about um, looking at the, there is something very, very powerful for all of us. And there are lots of people out there. There's lots of free programs. I mean, all of my content, um, uh, you know, like my YouTube channels or my podcasts, they're all free, you know, so people are actually able to access lots of different solutions and strategies and brainstorming to help improve someone's situation as well. Mm. I really love what you, there were so many things that you said there. Firstly, identify, own and grow through this period of time, which is such a great way to think about moving through a time like this and not to negate what's actually happening, but but almost have a in a way, have a bit of an action plan as to what you can do during this time. And then, you know, just even mentioning Marie Kondo and it's almost like doing an assessment of your financial state, right? It's an opportunity to look at what's going on and and maybe rejig things, but not necessarily from a fear perspective, from, from a point of being like, how can I make this work for me in this situation, I suppose, right? Looking at it from that way. It's an opportunity. Mm, yeah, to, to look at what you can do and what you can learn from this period of time, I suppose. And, you know, it's not, what I'm saying is not just money related. It's anything in life. You know, when we get sick, uh, that's we, we have to really look at, okay, well, how am I living my life? Maybe I do need to cut down sugar or I need to maybe go to the gym or, or maybe I need to prioritize more rest in my life. You know, it's, it's a blessing in disguise for us to actually stop and go, okay, all right, and... And when I look at the toughest time, I was a single mother for a while and it was one of the most frightening financial times of my life. But I look back and go, I don't know how I did it, but I did it. I pulled through. And that is, that has given me a, a mental, emotional and financial skill set that has served me and helped me get to where I am today. Mm. So, you know, it's through the tough times where you really 
learn and grow and develop a strength and resilience that doesn't come out in the good times. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an opportunity and I, I, I think it's such a great way and it's such a positive way to look at things. Now, if we kind of dig in a little deeper because when we talk about beliefs, it's not just about obviously the, the current climate of what's going on because that's always shifting as we move through life. But often we have these ingrained beliefs that are a a little bit more ingrained that we have picked up maybe from childhood, maybe from Mm. our parents, maybe from somewhere else that we've heard it from, but we don't actually sometimes even realize that they are unconscious beliefs that start to impact the way in which we approach money and see money. So, you know, and I think you do mention a lot, you mention a lot of this in your work as well, and particularly in, in this most recent course that, you're, uh, that you've created. But, you know, these kind of money beliefs like money's hard to come by or it's hard to make money or, you yeah, know. It takes money to make money. Yeah, or rich people are bad yeah. people or things like yeah. that. Money's greedy. Oh, my gosh, there's so many. You know what the one I'm seeing the most is actually the new one is this is the new norm. Get used to it. Like the cost of living crisis, yeah, this is what it is. Right. Like welcome to the real world. Like the people have kind of like just accepted it and just thrown the towel in and go, well, it's too hard now. You're never going to be able to buy property. It's just the, the, the horse is bolted. It's too mm-hmm. late now. Like, um, you know, it's, it's so it's it's so sad. Yeah. Uh, but it, this can be changed and this can be fixed, but only if you're willing to step up and do the work. Yeah. So how do we, how, you know, for people listening, because maybe, maybe they've never looked at the, these beliefs before. Uh, I mean, I presume most of you listening probably have done that, but how do we start to shift? Because it's a, it's a constant process. It's not something that you probably just do one time and then it's all done. I think that it's a process that we work through and we're probably mm-hmm. constantly learning about different beliefs that we hold, especially when we come up and face challenges as we move through life. So mm-hmm. what are your tips for starting to shift those really deeply ingrained beliefs about money? Because yes, we can sort of say, okay, let's look at it like an opportunity, but there are some that are so deeply ingrained that maybe are harder to shift. Mm, no, absolutely. I actually recorded a brilliant podcast with a retired financial planner who actually just works purely on money blocks and uh, and uh, she is brilliant at this, but we spoke about these steps and it's it all starts with awareness. Mm. You know, once you're aware, that's the, the most important step for releasing them, but then di- di- dissecting them and exploring them and go, okay, well, where have you picked this up from? And next step is then to explore the evidence so we get these beliefs, but we have no evidence, you know, like um, rich people are greedy. Really? Have you ever looked at the amount of uh, wealthy families that donate money to charity and looked up the registers of how many, like the hospitals and the wings and the stadiums named after um, people who've donated huge, huge amounts of money? Like, so that's factually incorrect. Like, that's not true at all. Mm. Um, you know, and look, money blocks come up all the time for everybody uh, and you've got to be really on them to let them pass. And even myself, I am always exploring new money blocks and working through them. So, you know, really just listen to them um, and then go, all right, where has this come from? Mm. Um, Where is the evidence? Uh, And the moment you start looking for evidence, you realise what you has has been programmed is, is quite often just baloney like it's just complete fluff and it just those asking that question about the evidence it just quickly things start to disintegrate or you can start to see cracks in that idea and as you continue to explore and dissect and look around you and go well hang on okay well 
perhaps this is not quite true, um, that's when they quickly start to crumble away. Mm. So it's that piece of questioning, really to be able to question those beliefs and, and ask, is it actually true? And uh, exactly. having that lens on it, I think, just really exposes it to be, again, just a just really a story that you, you know, you kind of running through your mind. Now, when we talk about success and especially financial success, I think we often, again, like I said before, often tend to think of the strategies that we need to create them. But what I found really interesting in, in some of the work that you do is, is that you talk about the attributes of a person that creates success. And some of them are emotional intelligence, self-awareness, authenticity, curiosity, just to name a few. And I would suggest that probably most of us haven't necessarily attributed these kind of characteristics to financial success in the first instance. So it's not something that we probably initially go to when you're thinking about creating financial success. So can you take us through some of these attributes and why they are so important into creating financial well-being in our lives? Absolutely. So obviously the first one is is uh, a desire, a desire for change. Mm. You know, um, if anyone is looking at getting ahead with their money and having a better life. All they need to do is have that desire for change because that is what you then have as your central source of motivation um, to, to start doing the work and, and uh, growing and learning more and, and setting yourself some goals and reviewing those goals. And then as you achieve those goals, setting more and more goals. Next one obviously is like, you know, there's just a curiosity, like curious as to how people are getting ahead financially, what people are doing. Uh, curious as to know what what works better, what works faster, what curious as to all the different strategies and options that are out there. Um, the uh, like the inspiration is is a huge one. Like you know, really jumping on the back of that empowerment and inspiration, so that you can start making those changes immediately. It's, it's no longer just talking about them, mm-hmm. but actually getting on and applying them in your life. So, um, and then obviously the. It's so incredibly important. Is the is the appreciation and and gratitude and respect as well that comes from doing the work and seeing the results, even the little results, the little shifts and breakthroughs, because that is what then gives you that sustainable growth and development where you go, okay, this is working. All right, I've I've just got my credit card debts paid off. I've now got a hundred dollars in savings. Um, okay, that worked. Wow look where I can go and then lean in with that curiosity, keep going and take it to the next level. And that's why I say this, I'm not someone who's, uh, by all means, I want to help everyone and I want to help them with their goals. But I really want people not just to, not to just get out of debt. And they go, that was great. Kind of got me out of debt. I want people to go, all right, I'm now out of debt. What's next? Mm. You know that, all right, what else can I now do? Maybe I could have some emergency money so I never get into debt ever again. Or maybe I'm now ready to start investing. Or maybe I, you know, want to achieve this or that, whatever your heart desires when you wave that magic wand. Mm. And so it's it's coming back to the uh, feeling that inspiration and kind of getting that through with your manifestation again like we talked about earlier and and again like we mentioned I think sometimes people can be put off by that word because it can be mm-hmm. seen as a bit of like woo woo but you know what I find so cool about your approach is that obviously you've got the strategic side as a financial planner but also you incorporate I guess you can quote unquote call this a spiritual part you don't have to call it that if that's not the terminology <laughs> that you prefer to use but you no, know, combining the is. term you know combining those those two together and, you know, if I look at my, um, you know, my wealthiest, most successful clients, they are all doing manifestation work. Some would say, yes, I do manifestation work. Some would explain to me what they're doing. And that's actually manifestation mm-hmm. work. So 
you know, um, and I say this in my course, you know, if I use the manifestation word around my partner, Tom, so Tom is a, uh, he's an equine physio. He's, you know, he's very much about the science, mm-hmm. you know, of life and uh, medicine and, 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 you know, when you cut something open, what does it show you rather than like lights and vibrations and energy. So, uh, but he is the first person to say to me, okay, if you, you know, can, if I'm having a, if I'm having a bad day and I'll call him, it's like, okay, all right, can I, so, or if I'm nervous about say an event or something that's happening back, okay, you've got to like imagine yourself like handling yourself really well, you know, successfully answering the question, you know, see yourself standing there being charismatic, confident and warm and, you know, look around the room and like, and all the stuff he's talking about is exactly manifestation. Mm. Is that's just what one of the versions is obviously visualization and first and third form. So I'm like that, that is manifestation. And he's, he, but it's funny, he would never say he does manifestation work, but that's exactly what he does do. But we just have a different, I guess, compartment of, you know, we, and some of us are too scared to call it manifestation work, which is perfectly fine, every, each to their own. But, mm. you know, if you talk about, um, I've posted some reels online of like famous people talking about things they do, like Lily Singh, she talks about in this reel I published um, how she has her vision board uh, sticky taped into her shower. Wow. You know, which is that's a form of manifestation. Uh, Jim Carrey, you know, did a very famous interview with Oprah, and he's like, I wrote myself a check for $10 million mm. and I dated it. And I received a check for $10 million on that exact date for Dumb and Dumber. Mm. Um, Jennifer Aniston talks about um, affirmations. Um, Kathy Hilton talks about visualization, like all these Lady Gaga. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, profound people who are the top of their game they're all doing this Mm. it's just up to someone whether they feel comfortable or not enough and people I think are scared of what they don't know and understand Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to manifestation they think that manifestation is going to change you um and it's and it's a you know fear is such a double-edged sword because it either keeps you stuck um you know thinking well I don't want change in my life I'm happy with who I am or they're scared they might learn something about themselves from the other side, but they're not going to change as a person. So it's a it's a really interesting concept. But um, yeah, manifestation is extremely powerful. If you if you want to call it manifestation, or if you want to find your own safe word for it, that's also you know fine. But um, people really need to stop judging themselves around. I think the term of manifestation because anyone who's top of their game is doing a, a form of manifestation. Yeah, and I've I've done it in my life and. My biggest and most profound financial success and growth and development has been when I really stepped up my game with my mindset and my manifestation work. Mm. Can you share one of those times with us as to that actual process of maybe visualizing or what that process was for you until it became a a reality for you? Yeah. Okay. So this is probably my uh, most profound manifestation um, uh, success, but when uh, we moved into our house in Bondi and we hadn't even been living there 18 months and my partner Tom was like uh, we just had a baby as well our third baby and my partner's like we need a bigger house we're outgrowing this we're outgrowing this we're, we're ready for the next chapter and I was like Tom are you serious like this is like don't rock the boat like, <laughs> we're happy here we haven't even been here 18 months like shut up <laughs> and um and uh you know I was like you know just this be grateful for what we've got. And, and, and he kept on pushing and pushing and pushing. And I, and so 
he then confronted me. He's like, you are being really narrow-minded and you are all, it's, and it's got the, all these very limiting beliefs. Like you're holding our family back. And he's like, you're a fraud because you preach personal growth and development, manifestation, being open to the flow of money. You are a fraud. And it was horrible to hear this because it was the truth. And and I, I'm still obviously all of those things, but this one area in my life, I was became victim to fear because I was scared. Why would I want to rock the boat? We're in a nice home. Everything's fine. Um, we don't need a bigger house. And I'm also someone who doesn't prescribe to the keeping up with the Joneses at all. Mm. Not that this move was about the keeping up with Joneses, but Tom just was ready for the next chapter. And it really hurt. It was really hard for me to swallow. And I agreed to go and do some work on myself. And he's like, and because he, he said, please, can you just sit with this and explore this idea of moving house. And I'm, I'm a massive homebody. I'm a cancer star sign as well. So my home is very important to me. Anyway, I said to myself, okay, something's here because Tom's hit a nerve and truth hurts. So I sat down, I closed my eyes, took myself away, from, you know, just a quiet place. And I said to myself, all right, what's behind this? Like, let's, let's explore this. And so I said to myself, if I could wave a magic wand, what would my dream home look like? And it, I was transformed it was almost like you like hypnotic euphoric like and I was immediately transformed to this house and the house was light bright open modern everything was white mm. I could see palm trees blowing I could hear the ocean it, um it was really really weird like when I opened my eyes it's like I had a micro nap it was bizarre and I could hear the sound I could hear like I could hear what my feet sounded like on the ground I could the like the 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 vibration of my voice because it was so open and spacious and anyway <clears throat> came out of it and I was like okay all right I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna open myself up a little bit I'm I admit I'm scared I'm a little reluctant I know I don't like change but I'll, I'll start breathing into this and working through this and you know seeing what's behind this and where the universe wants to take me so I surrendered and in, and this was very hard because I you know I'm, I'm a financial planner so I'm about control and planning <laughs> and yeah so was, this was not easy but I knew there was something in this, so but I had and I had nothing to lose. I was like, just do it. Anyway, I said to him, "All right, I'm starting to come a bit round to this." And then he said, "Well, I only want to live in this one suburb, and I only want to live in this one suburb in the three. I'm only three streets within this one suburb." And I was like, "Well, who's living now? <laughs> like, luck with that. That's just stupid because also the suburb you picked is the tiniest suburb, pretty much in Sydney, and." Um, Anyway, he there were a couple of houses for sale. We were actually on um, – it was weird. This was a freaky thing. Um, I was walking down the street with my son, Rocco, and we were actually scattering uh, – a dog had died, uh, you know, a few months ago, and uh, we finally were scattering her ashes, and we went down to this beach right near our house and walked down the street, and it was quite bizarre. I was walking down with him, and I turned to my head, and I saw this house, and I was like, Wow that's a really beautiful house. That's actually that, like very much like the house I envisioned in my, mm. in my work. This is weird. And I had walked down the street thousands of times because this is a beach that is a very special beach to us where we take the dogs all the time and it's actually where Tom, I told Tom that the IVF had worked with our, with our middle child and it's a, a very special place. And I was like, I've never noticed that house before. It's beautiful. Like, God, that. And I said to Rocco, that would actually be a really nice house for us as a family one day. And Rocco was like, yeah, that's nice. That's cool. Yeah, it's, and, and I didn't think anything of it and walked back after we scattered the ashes um, back to our home, didn't even look at the house going back. It was, you know, didn't. And anyway, two weeks later, we're on. Uh, Tom is working in the Gold Coast. We're up there with him as a family 
um, while he's working and Tom starts at me again and I'm like closed again. I'm like, no, like stop this. And he's showing me houses on his phone. I'm like, no, I don't like it. I don't want to do that. This doesn't feel right. And I was just, I was frozen with fear. And then finally he's like, you go find us a house then because mm. I'm sick of pushing this. Like you're, you're really holding us back. So I grabbed my phone and my phone, I don't look at properties online because I'm still not there yet. <laughs> and I open up Domain, the app, and I don't even think I had the app. I think I downloaded and open it up. And then on the home page as a featured property is the house that we, my son and I walked past. My gosh. And it's in this one of the three streets that he had said he wanted and um I was like lost words I'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god and Tom's like what what I'm like this is it this is the house we're gonna buy mm. and also I've all of a sudden gone from no we are not moving you've got rocks in your head to we're buying this house yeah like and Tom's like I don't like it <laughs> and I'm like oh anyway he said look I happen to know the agent that's selling this I'm gonna give him a call so he calls the agent and literally we pack up our stuff and fly home early to go see the house wow. and the house, we bought the house. And the, the weird thing is the house didn't have the sound of the ocean in it at all. Mm. But when we moved in we had to, like, um, we had a huge problem with like rats. It <laughs> sounds like a lovely house. <laughs> and cockroaches and even we were warned there were probably snakes in there and spiders as well and really bad mosquito infestation. So we got in there, we're like, okay, we've got to rip out all this greenery because it's really bad. Um, like you couldn't even sit outside without being eaten alive. And so we ripped it all out and the weirdest thing happened, we ripped it out and our neighbour popped over the fence like to say hi and to have a little look um, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you can see the ocean. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you now have ocean views. And I stand up on the ledge where she's, and I say ocean views, I'm talking ocean glimpses, um, you know, if you look at one at yeah. one angle um, and use binoculars, but <laughs> all of a sudden you could hear the ocean. Ah. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God, that's it. Mm. And our house is exactly as I envisioned. It's white. It's modern. It's open plan living. It's glass. There's, like, lots of – it's basically just wooden glass. And um, it's surrounded by palm trees. So when you look out the window, you see these palm trees. It's amazing. Yeah. So – and, look, more stuff came from that. It, there was almost an element of – you know, there was almost an element of self-sabotaging or – um, you know, I, I almost manifested bad stuff to help justify that I was able to do, you know, to do this. Mm. Um, so there was, it was a profound experience. And, and I, um, I've used that to then develop this program as to where I've learned, you know, where I've gotten things wrong with manifestation. Um, and so that people don't make the same mistakes that I've done as well. Mm. Um, and I'm very much an open book. I'm not, I don't, I don't profess to be a guru with this type of work, but I, um, I'm not someone who's been using it for a long time and I've got it wrong sometimes and I've got it very, very right sometimes. So to save people the heartache and to save them a lot of time and energy, I try and share everything I, and impart everything I possibly can through this special online program. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's such an amazing story. And, and just the way that it all came together. And I feel like whether you use the terminology of manifestation or not, there's def I'm sure that all of us can remember times in our lives where things have just kind of come together and 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 things just kind of flow quite easily when you are kind of plugged into what you truly want and and allow yourself vision. yeah the vision allow yourself to have the vision to start with mm. but then and then you just start noticing things and things come together quite easily so yeah it's it's quite freaky and i really believe the more you see the more you get mm. so when you start opening yourself up to this more magic happens yeah more things flow and I do this annual challenge called Manifesting March every March. 
and it's the seventh, I think, sixth or seventh year in a row. And uh, and um, I had so many people around the world joining me on this Manifestation March challenge. And it was actually interesting because a lot of men did it this year with me as well. And people had, like, people, one woman emailed me and she's like, I've never done Manifestation before, but I listened to your podcast talking about it. I was like, I'll give it a go. And she's like, I need a new car. So she literally um, manifested a new car. Wow. And I shared the story in the podcast about this woman. And I even share every, not everyone, I share as many as I possibly could um, screenshots mm. on my social media account because I'm not making this stuff yeah. up. Like people have these incredible stories. Yeah. And this this woman, like, she's like, I've never, she's like, I've never done manifestation work before and it, it, it worked and it worked really quickly. And people almost get freaked out by it. Yeah. Um, but you've got to ride with it. And like the universe wants us to be wealthy because when we're wealthy, we can give more money to charity. We have more time to take care of our planet. We can afford to buy better quality produce. We can afford to access better quality healthcare. We can help our family and friends. We have more time to help our family and friends. You know, and we can afford, for example, to go and support the local grocer instead of having to go to the big supermarket just because they're cheaper. Mm. You know, we really get to, you know, it's the betterment of the community that comes from wealth. Mm. Uh, you know, and just making people aware of that, they suddenly feel so much more comfortable and worthy of having money in their lives as well. Yeah. So the more you, it's, 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 you can give more essentially is, is, is what that means. If, if you're wealthy, yeah. you can give more and you can help other people and, and have more of an impact on other people's lives as well. So to frame it that way is, is such a great way to approach money and finances. Now, you touched on something there, interestingly, which I know that we've all heard the term of keeping up with the Joneses. And definitely, I feel like in this day and age, especially with social media, it is so easy to compare your life to somebody else's life. And and the comparison game, it's just so available to us. So what are your best suggestions for dealing with the whole keeping up with the Joneses comparison game because almost by default I think it it sort of just happens you know and sometimes we're not even conscious that we're doing it within our own minds so uh, again like uh, gosh you're so um powerful with your questions so keeping up with the Joneses you know it can be a source of destruction um or it can be a very sort powerful source of inspiration so you know with social media obviously we're looking through it's it's one dimensional. We have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. But so there's so many different elements, I guess, to this answer. But the first thing is, is you don't know what's going on behind that. You know, you might see someone wearing, you know, sitting in an amazing restaurant, wearing a fabulous new outfit, new handbag, and looking like they're living the life. But you may not know that behind closed doors, they're actually drowning in debt. They're like, they're filled with fear and anxiety. Um, they're exhausted from putting on this show. Um, so you have to look at everything with a grain of salt. But also look at um, look at it as a source of inspiration, not from a materialistic point of view, but looking at it, um, you know, think, okay, well, what is, you know, the, and this goes back to that question about, well, hang on, what, what triggered something in me? What what cu- triggered curiosity? Well, what is it about that that image? Is it so, the, the fact that someone um, is triggering an element or a, a vibration or an energy or a feeling of freedom? or the freedom of choice or an element of luxury or just a feeling of happiness or connection or the fact that person has time to go sit in a restaurant. Like really what's, what is, like mm-hmm. go beyond the surface stuff and go, okay, what is it that that 
has sparked something in me, even if it sparks jealousy. Jealousy is good because it's it's you can flick that to, into inspiration, mm. and that you know then come back to your own vision and then look at your vision and then look at your goals and look at your goals and make sure that they're in positive alignment to that vision. But you know I am a financial planner and I will tell you I've seen it all and nothing is what it looks like. Mm. You know I've seen people living in like very very humble homes with tens of millions of dollars. And I've seen the other way where people are living in a $10 million home with a $9 million mortgage and they're literally living mouth, like hand to mouth because, you know, they've got this, and it looks like they're extremely wealthy and they'll use all these key terms. And then you're like, actually, your numbers show me a very different story. So I, I'm very, I guess, immune to what I see in social media because I, I've seen behind closed doors. Mm. Um so, yeah, you can use it as a way to explore what is behind the surface of it. You know, you know, see someone on holiday going, oh, wow, you know, I, you know, I, that's what I want actually is, a, is, a, is some time for myself to get away and explore an adventure rather than, oh, I need to go on a holiday like that person, stay at that location and buy that bikini and um, drink that cocktail and take that exact image to then put on social media again in three months' time. Like use it to to go deep with it. And, you know, the other big thing is, yeah, as I said, explore, look at that. If there is an element of jealousy, use that to drive, to drive you and to learn more about yourself and to go and to dive, to dive deeper with this, because, um, you know, there is, you can use it to your advantage, as I said, or you can, um, or it can actually hinder you then rather than help you. Mm, I really like that, uh, especially with what you just said there about jealousy and turning that into inspiration and almost using that as an invitation to ask yourself those questions. What is it actually about this thing or what you're seeing that is triggering you and, and yeah, using it as a positive, positive tool for yourself yeah. to grow. Yeah, I really, really love that. And even on that element of success, um, when we are watching, say, you know, say you're saving up for a deposit and you're saving really hard, you're doing your best you can do. And then, you know, out of the blue, your friend goes, oh, I wouldn't believe it. I just bought a, a place of my own. You know, it's really important to be happy for people mm. and go, you know what? Good on them. Aren't they, aren't they lucky? That's so good. That's great. Because when you can celebrate other people's success wholeheartedly without any conditions, um, it I, success is contagious. Mm. You know, by them succeeding on something that's similar to what you're working on is a sign that you are on the right path and that you can have this too and to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great way to look at things as well. And I think too, it's one of those things that people may struggle with, you know, celebrating mm. other people's success, especially because like you said before, the, that jealousy kind of kicks in. So instead of using it as or allowing it to kind of take over you, to, to turn it into something that can really fuel you and, and drive you forward into, into that, mm. the, the path that you want to go. Now, Absolutely. I, I feel like, you know, in, I'm, in all your years of, of working in this space, I'm sure that there's been so many trials and errors, like you said, you were saying before. And I'm curious to know what has been one of the, I guess, biggest money or financial or investing mistakes or failures, quote unquote failures that you may have experienced and what you have learnt from it oh gosh yes um well first i'll say that probably the the one i see 
not with myself but with other people, is just not doing anything, Mm. procrastinating, delaying. It's the worst thing you could possibly do because year after year after year, you know, already I think something like I think it was 70 days until Christmas. Oh, my goodness. I was was looking on there. I'm in the um, phase of the year where I start saying Santa's coming. Yeah. So I found an app um, called, I think it's called like Dial Santa, and it actually tells you to the the second when – Christmas is so the year goes by so quickly yeah. uh you know the worst thing you could possibly do uh, where I see people fail the most is just delaying mm. putting off procrastinating mm. waiting it's the worst thing you could possibly do when it comes to where I've stuffed up and made mistakes oh absolutely I don't ever profess to be perfect I remember um I sold some uh, some of my investments um as a knee-jerk reaction uh, when I was very early days of my financial education journey um, because the market had a pullback and I sold. And that was the silliest thing to do. You don't sell in a market pullback or correction because you crystallize the losses and you don't then get the opportunity to, for that portfolio to bounce back and to grow and also for that dividends are paid you know, mm. during that time, which I would have accessed at a much lower share price. So, you know, those emotional knee-jerk reactions, um, you know, that, and I, I got that wrong and I crystallized the loss. And you know, really, I should have looked at my goals and thought, well, hang on, what are my goals here? My goals are to build a long-term growing passive income. So that actually doesn't matter what the portfolio is worth. Mm. It matters what the pink income's worth. So that's where I, I got it wrong. And I learned, you know, mistakes are fine. Mistakes are good. Mm. I think we're almost in danger when we don't make mistakes because that means we're not learning. But I make sure you never make the same mistake again. And I, I've never had to do that ever ever since. Yeah, it's 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 learning from those mistakes. I feel like, like you said, it's it's with anything in life, not just money and finances, but anything that we go through in life. I feel like we learn from those things that, and we, and, and sometimes I think you have to go through those times to to actually learn the lesson, I suppose, in a way. Mm. Now, I've got the final three questions for you. So what drives you? Helping people. Mm. I'm so passionate about helping people. You know, uh, money is my my forte. That's my specialty. Um, I love helping people eradicate financial stress in their life and replacing that stress with empowerment and healthy, exciting changes. Amazing. I love that. And you would get so much, I guess, satisfaction from seeing that transformation with people as well, from where they started to to going through the process and and coming out the other side, which is we so cool to see. Huge. And, I, and like, I, especially like women in particular, you know, um, as I said, I was a single mother for a while. It was, it was frightening and horrible. And um, you know, to be able to share my story of going through that tough time and 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 show that people who are currently going through that right now that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you will come out smarter, wiser, healthier, happier, and what you build for yourself going forward is purely yours. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so much personal growth and beauty in those tough times. So yeah, it's something I'm like I'm proud of the work I've done. Yeah, no, amazing. And still doing. <laughs> yeah, still doing, impacting lots of people. Okay, so the next question is, if you had to relive or redo something in your life and do it differently, what would it be and why? I would do differently is I would build my passive income first as a priority. Mm. Um, I've had to make, as you, everyone does in life, make tweaks and changes to their financial goals and financial strategy. I wish I'd start work, started working on my passive income goal earlier in life and I wish I'd stopped buying as much stuff. I used to, 
you know, when I, was, I look back at the things I would buy when I was like 18 and 19, I'm like, God, I wasted money on like just crap and just, you know, I wish I was a smarter consumer but like I am today. Mm. I feel like in hindsight it's always, and that's the thing, I always think I wish I knew what I know now back Paradise then, side, yeah. right, and then and live my life with the knowledge that I have and the wisdom that I have now. But then also you've gone through life, so you've experienced some things and, and that's that's how you know these things now. But I think it's it's really um, it's a cool thing to, to think about what you would do differently. Now, the final question I have for you is what is the biggest lesson that you have learned in your life so far? Oh, wow. There have been so many. I've had so many like – things happen and um, good and bad. Gosh, that's such a great question. It's, I think, just to keep trying, keep growing and going. Mm. And this is what I say to my son at the particular moment. I'm like, we, when we face tough times, you have to keep growing and you have to um, face your fears. And that is where the biggest and best personal growth and development comes from. You know, we do things we don't like, like doing a budget is boring as batshit. But you know, it, you actually, once you've done the budget, you're like, oh, wow, actually, that was really insightful and wasn't really that hard after all. So I think the biggest thing is when you want, don't want to do something or something's too hard or um, can't be bothered or uh, frightening, particularly, you have to face it and you have to do it. And it's, it, it doesn't feel nice and it's, it's um, scary and, but you never regret doing that, the work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm const- that's why I'm really into that personal growth development side of my life because it's something that's really important and it's really changed the person that I am and the way that I show up every day. And um, I, I, it's really important for me also to my, teach my kids that, you know, particularly my 10-year-old son. Yeah, to just try and keep going. And I think, and, and that's, I feel like through the process of growth, that's where we get the most almost like satisfaction and contentment in our lives. And, you know, it's, of course, it's good to have, you need to have a goal and a vision for where you're going towards, but it, it that just sort of gives you a direction to move in. And it's that process of, of growth that we move along that really is the most fulfilling part of it, I suppose. And this is what I sort of share on my program is it's actually not the goal achievement that's the prize. You know, yes, it's great to achieve a goal and to tick it off your list and that's great. But actually what is better than the goal is the growth and development that you take on in going through that journey because the sen- the sensation of pride, confidence, self-worth, self-respect, empowerment, they are very, very powerful building blocks to be taking on and putting inside yourself. And they are quite often, I personally believe, can be bigger than the goal that you're actually trying to getting and going after. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, t- I totally agree with you and I, and I love that so much. So I have just so enjoyed chatting to you and so thank you so much for being on the show. And well, I'd like- I have to say thank you for all these wonderful questions. Like you have, like your questions are brilliant and I love that you like, I was stumped to like, no one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> so thank you and thank you for holding the space to have these type of conversations because not everyone is ready for them and not everyone's comfortable with them because it is scary. But, you know, so it's wonderful to be able to have this and talk about money in this type of way rather than the nuts and bolts of superannuation and insurance and 
from investing in dividends and stocks and bonds. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Now we'll guide people to where they can find your amazing work, your and and your course, which you've just released as well. So where can people go to find all of your amazing work? So you can um, jump on my Instagram, probably is cat uh, Sugar Mama TV is for the you know fin- all the finance and money stuff. Then also, of course, I have my lifestyle content at Canna Campbell Official. And you can access the masterclass, which is a free masterclass for anyone that's interested in learning more about the course. And I explain how the masterclass, in the masterclass, I explain how it all works with the mindset and the manifestation side, which obviously gets applied to your financial goals. So that's available there. I've obviously on TikTok, I have two podcasts, Sugar Mama's Fire Play, which comes out every Monday morning. And that is, you know, very much about the nuts and bolts of finance. But then I also talk about mindset manifestation as well. And I interview people who've achieved great things uh, in their lives. And then I have obviously my other podcast called How Do They Afford That, which is a collaboration with the guys from Fear and Greed. And they're Australia's number one top business podcasters. So, and that's really a really, it's a shorter form, but we really have fun laughing at each other as I try and explain and, and demystify financial terms. Amazing. So we'll pop all of those links up in the show notes, guys. So make sure you check it out. Tell us what you loved and learned from this episode by leaving a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. Screenshot this episode, tag us and share it to your socials. Thank you again, Kana, for joining me on the show. And thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Rachel J Podcast. 